Hilton. Wisdom shared by the housewives and the occasional house husband of Scotland in the pages of the Sunday Post in the 1950s. Whatever will they make of it today? Hello and welcome back to Pass It On Podcast with me, Steve and Chris. Today we are going to talk about... I've forgotten what we're going to talk about. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Connie. Right, we're going... It's a little... I I can almost forgive you for not really having grasp this. We're going to talk about the little secret ways that will make your household run smoother. Okay. This isn't actually a chapter in the book for anybody who may buy the book and look for it. This is stuff Steve made. No, I'm joking. (laughs) (laughs) This is stuff what I think will help your household run better. You said to me that you wanted to know how to wrap a circular box, didn't you? Yes, I did actually, yeah, because that's very annoying. I'll tell you. Okay. Non-slip When wrapping a gift in a circular box The ribbon doesn't slip If first taped to the bottom of the box Mrs W. Martin 35 Bulgarvite Crescent Cooper That's not the answer I already know that (laughs) That's cheating I'm sorry Well it does That's no, Miss Martin didn't cheat you I I may have inadvertently led you straight pointed out the blooming obvious well, at the moment, what do you do Next. to wrap a box? You don't like this one? No. Oh, oh she's excited. grumpy today. She is. I got, she's in I the got, ex- yeah. I got excited yeah. because that's what I struggle with because you end up with lots of, sort of funny edges. And, and have I disappointed you? Yes, you have. Yet again. Oh, dear. You can't tell, but inside, <laughs> I'm crying. I thought so. Okay, okay. If you're not chuffed with that, then no. try this, Missy. For pianos, a bag of camphor hung inside a piano, absorbs damp and prevents moths from attacking the felt on the hammers and dampers. Miss I.C. Mackay, Arch House, Lairg. What's camphors? What? Camphors. Camphor. Camphor was a strange substance which I honestly thought, to be honest, I'm on dodgy ground here. I don't actually know. Camphor is a woman thing. It smells nice, I believe. Oh no, it doesn't smell nice. I don't think it, it smells a bit chemical. Not if it attracts, it? yeah. it's not moth. mothbally, is it? It is moth. I, I think actually camphor is in fact the active ingredient Wait, in mothballs. Connie's going to Google as we as we Shock as we talk. But again, this is one of those. This is one of those tips, though, where I think uh, what's her name, Mrs. Icy. How do you spell? <laughs> Mrs. Icy Mackay. C A M P H O R. I think she just should know she's got a piano. Well, we had a piano when I was yeah. a lad. What's showing up? Camphor is a waxy, flammable, transparent solid with a strong aroma. Can you no, no. can you Google camphor and mo- mo- mothballs, please, to tell me if it's actually yes. the active ingredient in mothballs? I think. I'll tell you what I do but pianos know. pianos were frequent, because it was a yes. entertainment thing, wasn't it? Yeah, so absolutely. Be out, the yeah. Joanna in the corner. Yes. So. Um, going way, way back to the stories my mother used to tell me of my grandparents, everybody used to, to get around at parties and... Everybody had to do a turn, and they were accompanied on the piano by somebody playing the piano. I think it might have been my Aunt Cathy. And it would usually be an upright. Oh, an upright, yeah. yeah. Not a baby grand or a grand. Actually, I wonder if the piano that was in my house was the one inherited from a grandparent or something. I'll tell you what I do know, though. You have to keep a glass of water inside the piano. You take the back off and you put a glass of water down. 
it keeps the wires or something. But like. here's a funny thing, though, because that's talking about humidity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, camphor is about so, taking humidity out. So yeah. this is a silly answer. I don't know if this, this is silly. The main difference between camphor and mothball is that camphor is a group of s- stereo isomers, I think. <laughs> and what? a mothball is a mothball. That's not helping at all. That's I know, but that's literally the only answer I can find. Right, I'll keep looking. It's oh, all wait. about keeping moths away. If the they both keep moths away, the moth is a small ball of chemical pesticide and deodorant placed in or around clothing and other articles. Blah blah blah. Oh, moth useless. balls have blah 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 or blah 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 as they're <laughs> active ingredients. <laughs> this is great podcasting. <laughs> While camphor this is will be the award-winning an organic episode. compound, a white transparent waxy crystal. No, they're different. Tell you what, in the break, we'll set this one for all. They're different. Not waste your they're time. different. <laughs> Fact. Right. Okay. In that case, then, I'm going to give you one of my favourite tips in the entire You book. always say that. I know I don't always say that. This, this one I actually love. This appeals to me, as, as I was at the time, a small boy with a fascination for things. And I love this one. Self-closing box. If you have a box of matches, which is slack, put an elastic band round the box lengthwise. This allows the box to be pushed open and causes it to close after the match has been taken out. J. Cowan, 1 Glasgow Road, Nongai. Average. I like it. I, I like it. See, I get it. I spent a lot of time with matchboxes catching <laughs> beetles and Frogs. other small animals and keeping them in matchboxes. Did you just not pick box. them up in your hand? Well, I did pick them up with my hand, but I kept, kept them in them a matchbox. I can't remember what I did with them after that. Probably. Well, they die. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, true. Crystallised. Uh-huh. But um, what, what I think, though, is... the. The matchbox isn't a long-term storage unit. No. Uh, once you finish the matches, you'll throw it away. So, but how um, valid? But you can how? move your elastic band from one box to another. Yes, you absolutely. Can. But but bear in mind, you've been carrying a matchbox about oh, in your that's pocket. True. Yes. All day, that's every day. Because everybody smokes. They did. Yes. yes, that's a really. I'm thinking about a matchbox at home, and I'm wondering why it's important that your mm. matchbox was slashed. Because you don't otherwise. want them to all puddle out into your. Trousers. In that case, that's no. a to a, an A plus five star gold review. I, I thought so. I, th- I I agree with that. I, I think that's you would have too. to find the right size of, size of elastic band. You know. Oh, you'd have many sizes of elastic band. Oh, yeah, yeah. I like those. Now I have a real thing for bags of elastic bands. They're quite satisfying. You know, they the are. tiny, bags. tiny wee ones, and then big, big, big bags. Yeah. I'm fascinated. I really, really like. Although I've never done one myself, the bowl. Of elastic bands. Have you never seen mine? I've got no. one on my desk. Do it's you huge. Have one? Yeah. Have you? And Fraser's got one as well because we used to like do it at the same time. We used to, and there, we used boxes out of the station and covered of elastic bands. Um, I'll give you it, Steve. Oh, well, I don't want because it's lying in the bottom of my drawer somewhere. There it's, are uh, if you jump on YouTube and look for people um, uh, breaking those elastic band balls, they can be quite uh, sci-fi and scary, monstery thing when they start when they start to sort of unravel and yeah, yeah, their guts. Do you know what it reminds me of? Have you ever seen those onion blossoms? Yes, those are good. Yeah, they are no. good. So, it's the, like, you get them in restaurants as a sort of appetizer or side, and they cut like huge sort of sort of neat-sized onions into like a like a flower. Chrysanthemum. Yes, uh-huh. and then so they Batter cut it, it all off, and then it. they chuck it in a fryer, and it all kind of wiggles about, and it looks kind of odd. Quite an American thing, I think. Yeah, they're delicious. Mm-hmm. It's like onion rings, but posh but, and big. Mm. Yeah, and scrumptious. <laughs> oh, I do like a fried onion. Yeah. talking about fried onions. Well, remember I told you about battered pickled onions? I'm still waiting to hear. Yes, I, I did enjoy I've I've become fascinated with the notion of battered 
pickled onion. I'm going to have one, of, one of these days. I'll tell you what, though. On the subject of elastic bands, girls in the playground used to play a game with elastic Cats bands. Cradle. No, it involved a long sort of uh, rope of elastic bands which oh, yes. they would jump over. Yes, 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 yes. yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, not, that's not Cat's Cradle, though. No, 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 no. Cat's yeah, Cradle's just With your fingers. Yeah. yeah. I never really but that was an elastic band when I was at school. I don't know what you guys used, but it was an elastic band when we were at school. Yeah, what, Nick, Nick, elastic type for oh, the, yeah. the jumpy thing. Okay, was it? I never knew what the game Skip. entailed. It was skipping, like a skipping rope. No, no, no. no. So, so, so two oh. two girls would stand, well, one at each end, mm-hmm. with this long sort of, you know... Like daisy foot. chain of elastic bands. No, it was, yeah. just, no, it was no, it one daisy. great big long elastic band, but about, let's say, about uh-huh. six foot, seven foot long. Yeah. Wait, I think I know what you're... Or round. Uh, and then... Another girl would jump in the middle, or several girls. Yeah, would jump so it in the would be round the backs of their legs. Yeah, yeah. We used to play that too, and so it, was it was just, it was just like skipping. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. dancing your feet in it. And you, you, you start off on the ground, then it would move up the legs, and you'd have yes. to like yes. catch your feet in it, and make yeah, it and then you used to have to jump and like stand on either end, so not either end, either side, if you know what I mean, either for, sort of vertical side. Uh-huh. You would have to jump and catch it and stand on it and I then think we're talk- possibly talking about different games no we're not we're not well I'm not it, I'm got, about the same it got higher right? all the time then the girl in the middle yeah, had to jump right. over yeah. it yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Is that the same right. but then they also you, you used to have to do sort of crisscrossy no. highland flingy type yes. thing yes, yes. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. so basically it was just high jump it, no it was more I would say it was more like skipping because you were in and out and there's a lot of um, ethnographic studies about looking at um, playground games because it shows very clearly how far ideas can travel um, well, that's it. Like, so, whoever uh, taught us to do those things, yeah. like, I don't remember being taught how to play, how to skip, or how yeah. to play do cats. Kid, I just remember kind of, I was obviously taught it in some way. But well, you weren't. But remember, you know, if 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 somebody if it establishes itself as a thing mm-hmm. and somebody's doing it, then the next year in school below them will see them yes, doing it and doing exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's quite cool actually. Same yeah. with them. Um, cool. Same with language. Again, you can you know, different names for things. You can see you can track ethnographic move. Mm. Moves that mm. one. Give us another tip, Steve. Okay. Clean bin. I keep a thick pad of blotting paper stuck inside my dustbin lid with adhesive tape. Well soaked in strong disinfectant, this prevents any unpleasant smell in warm weather and also keeps flies at bay. Mrs. E. Palmer, 101 Westcliff Park Drive, Westcliff on Sea. We're back to flies again. Yeah, good nats. They, didn't they like don't flies. like flies. They didn't like flies in no. those days. No. I've got stuff that I put in my bin. It's called bin odor, bin something, bin buddy. Bin. And it comes in a little fake cute bin. And it's like <laughs> a powdery sort of substance. And you shake it in the bottom of your bin and your bin bag. And it like sort of draws any moisture and smell or whatever. Not that I leave my bins to smell, but you know, <laughs> bins do it's have a an odour. Um, yeah, and I, I that must, that's like a kind of similar idea, isn't it? It is, it is. yeah. Yes, it is a similar idea. Although the the tip given here will have cost a toppings, yeah. whereas I bet you pay several pounds. Yeah, but you get like a big thing, like a big... Oh, I'm well, that makes all the difference. You get I'm a big holding thing. up my water bottle in reference, which is 450 mils. So it's about that size? Yeah, roughly. Maybe I without the liddy bit. I, without knowing the cost of it, I think you're paying too much. No, for it. not really, because you only put like a teaspoon in. It's a, it's a, it's a good I don't, Where do you... You can't from. buy blotting paper anymore. Of course you can. You can't. I'm going to Google it again. Just going to take a quick break. Remember, you can get 20% off both Pass It On books if you use the discount code VINEGAR. 
at checkout at dcthompsonshop.co.uk. Check the episode notes for details and terms, and here's your bonus ad break tip. When brushing dark clothes, sprinkle methylated spirit over it. It removes all specks. I am vindicated in that short ad break there. Oh. I did look up camphor and mothballs, and my instinct was correct. Uh, or at least it used to be the case that um, mothballs were made of camphor, and still are apparently in China quite often, but it's not a thing you find in the UK. Not that you particularly find mothballs anywhere anyway. But mm. yes, the smell of mothballs you remember as a kid, mm-hmm. that is camphor. Okay. So my Google yeah. lied, and I'm not paying £4.50 for blotting paper. I was surprised that... Uh, uh, your notion of blotting paper, of what blotting paper well, is for. Well, I thought blotting paper was like, you know, when you see women put on their lips and quite often now they'll get a tissue or a piece of toilet paper and kind of mm. dab. Yeah, yeah, exactly like that. That was very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not that my first time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, um, yeah, I thought that's what blotting paper, oh, so, so powdering your nose, they get like greasy and, you know, that kind of pre-going out makeup routine of just checking things over. Mm-hmm. So no. But. No. But is it definitely not blotting paper? Blotting well, I think that's that modern that. usage. No, so, but it's not modern because nobody uses it now. What, so, for its original purpose? Blotting yes. paper in the context that Steve's talking about definitely would have been blotting paper used on writing desks. So uh-huh. you, when you wrote with a mm-hmm. fountain pen, before it would stay wet, so you had to put blotting yeah. paper over the top of yeah, it to yeah, dab yeah. off the excess. Which, I, but that, that could be used for lipstick too. What's the difference? It could, really? It and it wouldn't, it's not lipstick as we know it today. It's more like a sort of Much stain. Much waxier, yeah. Yeah, it was odd stuff. So I think it probably is the same thing. And you still, I still use a fountain pen. I, and indeed, I have liquid ink that I fill up. Have you? Thing. Oh. What, like a quill? Dipping, a, not, dippy ink? Not a quill, no. No, <laughs> no but like a, a reservoir inside the pen. Oh, yeah, like uh-huh. the little cartridgey things. You yeah, get. but I actually have a, a, a one that you draw ink up from a pot of ink. Oh, oh right. Like wow. a pipette. It makes your writing, it changes the way you write it because does, you have sure. to, you have an, oh. a flow of ink coming. God, I mean, I, when I was first taught to write with a pen, I had to learn how to use a fountain pen, and you couldn't dally or couldn't delay on the, on the page. Um, you had to keep writing. You had to keep writing, yeah. yeah. I find fountain pens, not that I'm an avid fountain pen writer, but I have used them, and I find them a bit scratchy. Mm-hmm. I like that. I, I like Oh, no, I'm a smooth, inky kind of biroy, oh, like an ink, oh. I think that does things. I think that's too slippy. And that's in fact because I've got my iPad Pro in front of us as we record, and I have the Apple Pencil to work with that. And that's yeah, just that's writing on glass, that. and I don't like that feeling of the very slippy surface. I like yeah. a bit uh-huh. of bite. Yeah, well, yeah. I like a, a sort of gloopy, sloppy kind of surface. <laughs> well, that's our pull quote for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry, before we leave the the concept of writing, I was taught at school that my pen had to point back up my wrist. I held it between thumb and forefinger, and that was the only way to write. And I find people who... Thumb and forefinger, not your not your back, your middle finger. Thumb and forefinger, and you oh, rested no. slightly. Right, I, write, I write really badly, actually, like really badly. I've got issues with my fingers. But nobody seems to be told nowadays, hold your pen properly, whereas no, like, I was taught I'll show you how to hold. Mine. That's pretty much the epitome of like grumpy old man. Nobody knows how to hold a pen these days. Well, they don't. It improves your writing. Some right, people, look at that. Some people, well, you're holding it like a crab's claw would hold a pen. Yeah, so I rest it like on my ring finger uh-huh. and I have a lump on my ring finger, a dent and a lump subsequently from that. That's bad I'm sorry, I, I find people who write in a sort of crabby, strange way <clears> to be... 
morally repugnant. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's going too far. <laughs> but I think I, th- I think that English teachers or the primary school teachers didn't do the job properly. But they should have first been taught how my, to hold their pen My properly. nephew is six and he obviously is not long, well, he'll be going into primary two come the summer. Um, and he, so he's just getting there, you know, he's still doing his letters and, you know, by dots and whatnot. And, you know, my brother was saying like, he doesn't write properly. And I said, but if he's holding the pen, why, why does it matter? If he can mm. write, he can mm-hmm. make the proper shapes and whatnot. Does it really matter how I he's holding it, his pencil? I honestly think it does. I think if but you why? hold your pen correctly, um, the art of handwriting was designed around the way people hold their pen. But if you can, if you can evolve in mm-hmm. yourself to do it, not to do it the same way as everybody else does, but you hold your pencil slightly differently, if you're making the right shapes, I don't see why it matters. Mm. You're making the right shapes, spelling the letters correctly. I don't see why it matters personally. Okay, you young people are just not going to get this. You honestly not. You start off properly. You hold your pen properly. You mm-hmm. form your letters properly. You're taught to, to to do that. But my letters aren't any different than yours, and I don't hold my pen the same. My handwriting is pristine. You Come on then, about? let's go. See, read it, uh, listener. See, see, looks good, doesn't it? No. Well, what we'll do is we will uh, <laughs> after we record this episode, we will make Stephen Connie and I write something down, and then we'll put it on our Twitter account. The pass, uh, sorry, and please do a poll. This is best. Actually, we'll do a poll uh, <laughs> at the Pass It On Pod on Twitter, uh, and you can uh, judge for yourself. Okay, before we leave the notion of handwriting, my father was naturally left-handed, but when he got to school, mm. they made him write with his right hand. It was beaten out. Of my him. grandfather, who was an artist, was completely and fully ambidextrous. Yeah. Could do everything with his left as he could his right. Mm-hmm. Everything. Mm-hmm. Same. He would His writing would be pretty much the same on both hands as mm-hmm. well, which I mm-hmm. think's so cool. Lobsters mm-hmm. are ambidextrous. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> carry on. You'll not remember the films. I love the carry on films. Carry on, nurse. Boy. Carry on, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> there isn't one called carry on, <laughs> Steve. there was. There should be. And here's why. Burn tins, unemptying Burned. tins containing meat or fish. I immediately burn the tins clean in the fire before placing in the bin. A simple idea, but it does much to prevent any unpleasant smell and flies. It's flies again. <laughs> Mrs. Randall, Tomich, Bewley. Right, I'm stuck. So, tins, are we talking like tins, like of, beans. tins of beans or tins as in metal biscuit tins? No, oh, tins, tins of, of beans, tins meat, tins of, tins of beans. Tins of fish. Now, okay, I know you get tins of tuna and tins of sardine, but I'm imagining like a whole haddock mushed, squished into a tin. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of pilchards, I imagine. Yeah, common tins, yeah. Uh-huh. Sardine. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, yeah. For, for reasons I cannot now recall, I used to collect sardine tin keys, and uh, I can't even remember what I did with them. You put the, your beetles in the tins the and The tins them were away. very pretty. Yes, they were. I like I eat sardines out of the, of the tin downstairs all the time for lunch. Yep, as a small snack. Sardines on toast. Sardines on toast is decent. It's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It's a, I like that tip, and actually has a resonance today because, of course, we should be washing our yes, we should uh, recycling oh. before we put it in the recycling. Yeah. And she's burning it. She's burning it. Yeah, but, but that's only now. because she happens to have a fire in the grate already. What does she do? Does she hold it, or do you think no, she has like a pincer? No, she'll chuck it, it in, in. Yeah. and then pulls out. Okay. Yeah, well, so she'll pull so, it out probably well, when she's when it's cool. Don't get it in the end of the morning. Once the fire's dead, yeah. the next day, or it depends when you clean your grate. I suppose you had to set a fire, didn't you, Steve? Oh, I loved setting fire. So when did you? When was the grate cleaned, and by whom? 
with a great clean. Which is the big grate? Is that the front? Well, the where the fire sits. Ah. Yeah, the great clean was done the next day. It was far, far too hot to touch uh, that night or even so, the next so morning. So your time. job, the first thing you did in setting a fire was to clear the old fire Exactly, out. yeah. Although you could take shortcuts with that and just kind of sweep the ash uh, underneath because there was always a space yep. underneath. Something's filled with sand in the bottom. But uh, if you did that, then your brother the next day would say you didn't do the job properly and probably tell your mother and you would mm. be in trouble. I remember we did have... A fire in our house when I was a kid But I remember as well My uh, great-grandmother in her wee uh, house in Kirkubri She had a It was her front door It was a bungalow Her front door And then a small door just at the side of that Which was her coal cellar Yeah Mm -hmm. And I remember the coalman I remember him coming round with the sacks on his back And emptying it into there Mm -hmm. I thought it was really exciting Yeah, you still still see the coal I see the coal vans quite a lot actually in Lethem So there must be Yeah Oh wow Yeah, I do see them quite a lot Yeah Wow Yep. Is it in sacks or is it in plastic? Uh, no, bags in, they're in like um, not like IKEA sacks, kind of, but taller and skinnier, like yeah. um, like yeah. ton sacks, but mm-hmm. slightly smaller, normally white. When you used to see uh, the, the coalmen emptying the uh, coal into somebody's coal cellar, they would do it from from outside in the street, and uh, you just open the little door of the of the coal cellar and put it pour it in, the amount of coal dust that would come out on a mm. sort of sunny day. I used to love this, but yeah. wasn't allowed to go near it in case I got my school shut I, dirty. Um, this is a really a funny sort of story that my mum tells quite a lot, and it's about her and her sister, my aunt my aunt Jane, um, who their job was to clean out the coal cellar. My mum and her family lived in, sorry, my granny and her the family and whatnot, lived in this big, I think, Victorian sort of mansion, sort of stately home type thing. Um, and their job, my mum and her sister's job, was to clean out the coal cellar every mm-hmm. week or whatever it was. Anyway, my mum was quite an energetic child and very hyper and whatnot. And she would always do her half. My granddad used to sort of draw a line. Yeah. And um, my mum would do hers first. And there was one particular day that my Aunt Jane, who was the, her older sister, was very annoyed that my mum had done hers first, very cross. So she hit my mum over the head with the shovel. Somewhat <laughs> hard. <laughs> yeah. And they still kind of, not bicker, but they, they, they have sort of jests about it now. And I just think that's... Such a cool sort of funny <laughs> story of that, and I can I can totally picture it as well. Mm. I just think it's it's funny, you know, well, that that was a chore for them to yeah. do, and it was divided. An appropriate Ex- chore for children to do. Yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah. Uh, I love. I'm taking from that that they had chores to do, and I mm-hmm. love the notion. Oh yeah, of very much so. Doing yeah. Chores. Yeah. Because I I had to do chores every single night when I got back, clean out the the grate, or uh, we had to peel potatoes. Or do something, but we all had jobs mm-hmm. to do, mm-hmm. and uh, I do not think that happens enough nowadays. And if if I'm listening out there, Mrs. McGlumphy, I know it's you. If you if you or your grandchildren are uh, made to do chores, then you're bringing them up correctly. The flip side of that, of course, though, is um, you know children have to have space to be children as well, and I do yes. worry sometimes about. Especially in some households where the kids are made to take on a too adult responsible role too early, I have a concern about that. Do I think I I completely see where you're coming from, but I also think if you're not taught to do these things, that's how we end up with this sort of generation of not knowing how to use the washing machine, mm. not knowing mm. how to iron, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I think yes, to a certain extent, things like taking out the rubbish to the bin and putting the bin out on bin days, obviously yep. once they're a little bit older, or mm. you know putting the washing on the 
clothes horse or yeah, you know the underwear or the grass, you know, helping with the weeding helping with uh taking even putting the, the dishes washing, away yeah, or whatever away, yeah, yeah i think that's really important like that's how i was brought up it was never forced on me as a chore but i was very much encouraged yeah, to an help and then yeah the like when my mum and i lived together um we you know i kind of did quite a lot you know maybe on a friday night or whatever she'd be out and i think we'll just give the house a quick clean you know yeah. it saves everybody time and effort i'm not doing anything else and i you know i think you know it was appreciated her you know she did as well do you think you would give your daughter yeah absolutely and she does now in some, fact yeah. if she gets really pissed off she's not helping if she, <laughs> yeah. she if she if you're trying to do something she'll she'll want to help that's good that's um cute. it means the job takes seven times longer <laughs> if she's in inverted commas yeah. helping yeah. but uh you know absolutely encouraged can i tell you one wee story i know we're over time i tell you one wee story just reminded me about the, the family and the, the mm-hmm. tension my great-grandmother i mentioned with the coal cellar uh had i can't remember the number it was a large number of children and at the weekend, I think they'd all get their sweeties, their mm-hmm. weekly sweeties, which mm-hmm. is, you know, a concept in itself. Yeah. But there was one of the siblings would always save his. The rest of them would just eat them immediately. One of them would save it. And, you know, by sort of Wednesday or Thursday the next week, that's when he would eat it. And it drove the rest of them yeah, mad. Well because they still had, he still had it midweek. Yeah. 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 But just because he, he, didn't, he didn't have it. Do you know about the marshmallow test? It's the test to see... Um, How many marshmallows you can put in your mouth? No, it was done with child. It was a child psychologist test back in the day. Or it wasn't even that long ago. They did this test. They'd put a kid in the room, and they'd say to them, and they'd put a marshmallow on a plate, and they'd say, uh, "I'm going to leave the room now. If you eat that marshmallow when I'm gone, oh, sorry, if you don't eat that marshmallow when I'm gone, I'll give you two when I get back." Uh-huh. And the test was that those who could delay their gratification, i.e., you could wait and not eat it and then get two later on, those were always they tracked them. Those could be those they were much more successful in later life. Yeah. Because they could delay the gratification. They yeah. knew there was an investment to be made. Uh-huh. I could have done that. I don't like marshmallows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, we, I really like stories of like um, siblings and stuff. Because like, my brother's a little older than me. So we, I, we have a good relationship, a great relationship. But we don't, we didn't have that kind of sort of banter. As such. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Whereas like some of the stories that my mom tells me about what the three of them got up to um, was crazy you know mm. some of the things but it's it's cool i like it you should do an episode from that okay siblings yeah I had two we fought like yeah but that's, and dogs that's and funny dogs. that's funny wasn't it at the time good stories no do you have siblings guys i have one brother an older brother let's do it okay on that note we are going to leave that here for today join us next time for more madness or possibly genius from households in scotland in the 1950s and for more nonsense from us here in scotland today see you then If you know anyone who'd enjoy this podcast as much as you do, we'd love it if you'd pass it on. Let them know they can subscribe for free in iTunes, Spotify, or wherever they get their podcasts, or you could leave us a wee review or rating on iTunes to help people discover Pass It On for themselves. And don't forget, as Steve said, as a listener to this podcast, you can get an exclusive 20% off the Pass It On books at dcthompsonshop.co.uk by using the discount code VINEGAR at checkout until 20th November 2019. Check the episode notes for details and terms.